All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. We are very glad to be back with you. Uh, last time we uh, uh, visited with you, we had chatted with uh, Steelers cornerback Ike Taylor, the two-time Super Bowl winner, who he's now got his own podcast going and hopefully uh, is, is doing well, but not quite as well as us. But uh, in any case, uh, back with me tonight, as always, uh, Ian and Ben. And uh, as everyone knows, guys, we are still in the midst of the pandemic. Um, and I, I just I get at a loss of words uh, at this particular time. But uh, it is what no, it not. is. And I, I, no, I, I am. I, I just, uh, you know, doing what I do for a living, I get asked quite frequently, when is this going to be over? And What's it going to look like in the fall and all this kind of stuff? And I, I just honestly, I don't know. But uh, people don't really want to hear that. It's not what they're here for. Nope. Uh, in any case, uh, Ben, uh, I know you have cracked into a very nice bottle of whiskey tonight. How are things going for you? Pretty well now. Oh, well, indeed. Indeed. Yes. Uh, and uh, Ian, uh, how are things in the Commonwealth? They're good. They're good. I mean, you know, things are, well, actually sort of starting to reopen. We have this, uh, you know, sort of red, yellow, green stoplight plan that our governor's rolled out. And uh, the northern and northwest part of the state was able to move from the red to the yellow phase beginning on um, Friday of last Mm -hmm. week. And it was announced on Friday of last week that all of southwestern Pennsylvania, including Allegheny County, but not including Beaver County, sorry folks, uh, was was moving to the yellow phase uh, starting this Friday, the 15th. Uh, so things will probably start to open up slowly. Um, it's probably actually going to be more difficult to reopen things than it was to shut mm-hmm. them down just because of all the extra, you know, security measures. And, um, you know, I was reading an article the other day that this whole thing is basically a, a liability lawyer's pipe dream because it, everything's <laughs> a, a lawsuit waiting to happen. If, you know, you can somehow prove negligence on the part of any business or any person or anything. Um, so it's, it's unfortunate that that's the world we live in, but it, it kind of is too. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm taking, Taking a cautious approach um, that even if once we move into the yellow phase, you know, things are going to open slowly. It's not going to be a, a grand reopening. It'll be kind of a, a slow movement. Um, and we'll see what happens, you know. Um, and, and in all honesty, Beaver County kind of got screwed a little bit. Uh, they, they were above sort of the per capita numbers of cases, but a right. vast majority of their cases were all in like one nursing home. So uh, they, they, didn't, they uh, didn't meet the threshold on numbers. But like, if you actually looked at where the numbers were coming from, the rest of the county was in decent shape. So um, it's yeah. just, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, we, yeah, we certainly you, hope everybody that's listening is doing well. And, and yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, and, yeah, and, go ahead. The interesting thing that's kind of come out in the last couple of days, you mentioned about when things are just going to start again, that, yeah. uh, you know, the state universities in California said they're not expecting to have students back in the classroom or at, at their schools mm-hmm. until, um, you know, January of 2021 at the earliest. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, the states of Arizona and Florida were like, hey, we're going to open up, you know, baseball fields starting this week. So, <laughs> um, you, you know, there's uh, it's it's not going to be a consistent, uh, you know, reopening across the board. It's going to kind of be on a state by state basis. So, we'll yeah, kind of play and, it by and here I, and see what happens. 
I think that's the fascinating part about what's going to happen here because, you know, obviously if, if you're a Steelers fan, you're tuning in and you're listening and there's a, there's a pretty high probability that you're, you're a college football fan too. Um, you know, and then, so that discussion has been had and will be had about when to, to reopen. And, you know, look, there's already coaches uh, clamoring for, we, we can't have a uniform single start because every state's going to be different. And, you know, the NFL, um, because not, uh, of course, not every uh, uh, state is represented by uh, a city in the NFL, you, you know, they're a little different. And they seem to want to do a uniform type start, but yeah, you know, but but that the makes NFL, sense. The yeah. NFL, just like just like what Ian's talking about right now, he's talking about an adaptive reopening where things are taken in phases, mm-hmm. and people are making accommodations and trying to adapt to the situation, and things will be reopening. And I'm I'm very much in favor of, of an ad- adaptive kind of a reopening. I know most people are black and white about this. They either want to keep everything closed or they just want to go back to normal. I don't think that's the answer in either case. I, I think right. what's eventually going to beat this thing is our immune systems. But setting that aside for a minute, mm-hmm. what what's probably going to end up happening is the California teams are going to be told they can't have players, they can't have games in the stadiums, which – if if you're the Los Angeles Rams and you just built this $2 billion stadium, you're pretty disappointed about that, but it is what it is. So the NFL is probably going to end up moving those home games, home quote unquote games mm-hmm. to Las Vegas and to Phoenix. And those teams will end up playing home games. Those teams being the chargers, the Rams and the 49ers playing home games out of state. And the ball will keep rolling. The, the games will be played. Now, that's what I'm being told. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that there will be fans in the stands. I guess we can talk about that later here. But, yeah. um, you know, right now, that kind of is the emergency game plan because everybody seems to feel like California is going to be the last state to open back up. It it certainly feels that way, and and the points that you you're both raising, but but then that last point, Ben, about the California teams is, um, my gosh, that is fascinating because, like you said, you got the two Los Angeles teams that have spent large sums of money uh, uh, to get that stadium up and going, and they're not going to be thrilled with with anything short of opening in their own stadium. But you're right, that's going to be a tough go if the if the state government says forget it, it's not happening. Right. Um, but you know, uh, again, I don't. I don't want to jump to too many other things here because I know we we need to talk Steelers and 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 the 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 sad the the good bad sad whatever you want to call it part here is that you know we we got to the draft and and the draft uh, in its virtualness went really really well and it gave us a sense of normalcy and then we got the schedule release which again gave us a sense of normalcy and now we're in this wait and see period but. The fun thing is, is we still get to talk um, in a manner in which the season hopefully is going to actually take place in all 16 games. Now, that, that's our hope as of right now, and that's the way we're going to approach it. So as, um, as you guys saw the unveiling of the Steelers 2020 schedule, um, you know, Ben, what was, what was your first thought when you took a look at that uh, 17-week schedule? Uh... It's easier than last year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for starters, 
there are only two trips outside the Eastern time zone. And, you know, we know Mike Tomlin's mm-hmm. That's record. That's my brand. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We know Mike Tomlin's record in, in the Eastern time zone is, is really solid and yeah. not so great outside it. And the further west you go, the worse Mike Tomlin's teams tend to play. Mm-hmm. And the furthest west they go this year is Dallas. Uh, and then there's only one other game in the in the CST, Tennessee. The Central, yeah, yep. Tennessee and Nashville. That's it. Other than that, they play all of their games in the Eastern Time Zone. And I want to say, what's his what's his record? It's like seventy percent, Ian. It's close to that. Yeah, I was just pulling it up. Give me a minute. I, I don't know what it was after last season. It was uh, it was sixty nine and change. Yeah, before last season, but mm-hmm. Ian hasn't updated it, so I blame him that for not me not having <laughs> absolutely. It it will be updated. Pretty much, it will be fault. updated this year, like it always is. I post a time zone article every year. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. It's not done yet. So. Uh, well, hey, you know they they will open, of course, on Monday night against the New York Football Giants. Yeah. And... What is up with that? I hate Monday games to open. I do season. too. And I do Monday too. Monday night on the road, two years in a row. What the hell is that bullshit? You fuckhead NFL fuckers. Well, besides the fact that our PG rating just went down the toilet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we, we opened in prime time, of course, last year in New England, and now we're going to have to uh, do it's this. excruciating, uh, man. It, it you, is. You've got gotta to go yep. through the Thursday game, go through all the Sunday games, yep. and then work all day on Monday, yep. and then you finally get your game. Yeah. God. And it's going to be long. It's going to be a long, long Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Take that day off work. Uh, well, <laughs> for you, you might need Monday and Tuesday off. Um, but hey, could, you know. The good thing about that opening Monday yeah. game is that we have the early one. So they do that double header on Monday, which is exceedingly yes. stupid. But at least we have the early game that's at 7.15 Eastern time and not at you know, 8.30 like a normal Monday night game is. So at least it starts a little earlier, it's over a little earlier, and we don't have the the 10 p.m. Monday night game. It's not a horrible, horrible travel trip either. It's just, you know, northern New Jersey, New York. What do you mean we don't have the 10 p.m. Monday night trip? The first week? Yeah, Yeah, we we play, remember the double header, so we play the first game, which kicks off at 7.15. Eastern? Eastern? Easter, yeah. yes. Oh wow, I'm definitely taking the day off. That's four yeah. fifteen here. Yeah, yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna have to be at home. That's just sorry. Yeah, sorry, I can't well, work yeah. that day. Holy day of obligation. Well, you you got plenty of time, man. You better get that one off. Yep, that's happening. Uh, they Boy, uh, are gonna be pissed here. They're gonna be angry. I did not realize it was not a 10 p.m. game. Oh yeah, yeah. boy, well, they're gonna be mad. Well, I think, and, and here's what's interesting. I believe the the second of that double header is Denver, isn't it? It is Denver and Oakland. Is it uh, Denver and Las Vegas, uh, or, or whatever? Or Oakland, Tennessee, isn't it? I thought it was Denver and, well, and Oakland, but either way, it's usually two West Coast teams. Yeah. Either way, it's nice because the Broncos are our, our opponent in Week Two in Pittsburgh, and and so both of us will will have an equal amount of days. So well, let's talk about that real quickly, because I'll I'll just kind of share basically what I'm hearing as far as contingencies being built into the schedule. Mm-hmm. What the NFL. The scuttlebutt, I guess, is right now is that teams are expecting the preseason to be played in empty stadiums. Yeah. Glorified scrimmages. They will they'll be televised, which is cool. Oh yeah. 
you know, so we'll get to watch some football, and you know we'll be eating that up. Um, but they're expecting to play the preseason out in empty stadiums. Then week one, they're pretty intent upon having fans in the stadiums mm-hmm. and playing the games. They're not sure how full the stadiums will be, but they're planning on on having people in the stadiums, in the stands. And then after week one, they're going to reassess the situation. They they are anticipating the possibility that the federal government or the CDC or whoever the authorities yeah. having jurisdiction may be will come back and say, hey, why don't you guys take a beat on this for a minute? Let's look at it and see what happened. And they may have to like postpone some games. So all of the week two opponents have the same bye week. So if they decided they were going to skip week two, for example, since mm-hmm. you brought up Denver, Denver mm-hmm. also has their bye week in week eight. The Denver Broncos at Pittsburgh Steelers game would be moved to week eight. Interesting. If, if they had to postpone more games, the Houston Texans game would be moved to week 18. The Tennessee Titans game would be moved to week 19. And if those two things happened, what would end up happening is the playoffs would kick off the week after that. Then the, they'd go through the divisions and then the championship weekend. They'd have mm-hmm. no Pro Bowl, and they'd only have a one-week period between the, the conference championships and the right. Super Bowl. Right. So that's their their contingency plan right now if everything goes to shit. So – you guys might know this as well as I, but to me, it has always seemed that the NFL has had this desire to push the postseason and Super Bowl into later February anyway, simply because of the fact that then they don't have any dead period between the Super Bowl and then the NFL Combine. Maybe you what have dead a period. <laughs> well, but but that, that's where I'm going. To me, the NFL is 365. It doesn't matter what's going on. But they love the fact uh, that they would have football all the way into February, take a week off after the Super Bowl, and then, hey, kids, what do you know? It's the NFL Combine. Boom. So I don't think this would be the worst thing in the world in in the eyes of the NFL. But uh, be that as it may, I think we all want this to to go well. and on schedule. Um, Ian, were you able to pull up the Tomlin numbers at all? I was. How about that? Um, so in in uh, overall in the Eastern time zone, uh, both home and away slash neutral, counting the Super Bowl victory in Tampa. Um, yeah, he is uh, 127-57-1 for a 69% winning percentage, 68.9, but 69, we'll call it. Very nice winning percentage. Uh, at home, that's 80-32, and 32, a 71.4 winning percentage on the road slash neutral, uh, six. 65.1% winning percentage. So um, still vastly ahead of, you know, most other teams not named New England as far as right, road right. winning percentage in the Eastern time zone. Um, and that, that stacks up very well, you know, against other uh, Steelers coaches too, because mm-hmm. there's that quote out there, you know, that Bob Labriola likes to bring up from Chuck Knoll about how losing has nothing to do with geography, which is actually pretty true because Chuck Knoll's winning percentage was pretty consistent across time zones, whereas right. Mike Tomlin has a vastly different winning percentage in the Eastern time zone than he does outside <laughs> the Eastern time zone. Um, do you happen to have those numbers of what his uh, record is outside the Eastern time zone? 
Um, hold on, let me update them because the post I wrote last year was, uh, was about it was uh, it was in September, so we played a few games. We did win that one out in uh, Los Angeles though against the Chargers, but Los um, Angeles, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but you know, the, the, I, 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 I will I will note that you know I said Tomlin was sixty five percent on the road in Eastern yeah. time. Bill Cowher was about fifty nine percent, and Chuck Knoll was forty one percent. So Tomlin's been much better in the Eastern time zone on the road than the last two Steelers coaches. It it is uh, fascinating to say the least. Um, the the Steelers, of course, will open uh, their first six games. Four of those first six are at Heinz Field. That's the good news. Um, further good news as of right now, bye week would be week eight, so right in the middle. Um, and then, of course, the bad news, you you have three out of the last four on the road starting week 14 uh, at Buffalo. Then you go at Cincinnati, home for the Colts, and then uh, to finish out the season at Cleveland. So four AFC opponents to finish up. Um, I, I do want to get to an interesting question. I, I get this Can one I- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, can I jump in with one thing on the schedule here? This yep. schedule is fantastic for season ticket holders. There are seven 1 p.m. home games, and that's games exactly where I was going. Okay, I I want you I guys. Think, I think you you should not get too comfortable with the thought that there are going to be seven 1 p.m. games because <laughs> there are two reasons. One, flexible scheduling starts yes. week five, and looking at some of those night games, there are some stinkers scheduled this year, in my opinion. And the thing that also happens typically with the Steelers is just to boost ratings. They move the Steelers game to a 425 game because it's a more desirable time slot for the Steelers and it drives ratings for CBS. So I just, I'm just saying, I don't mean to pee in your Cheerios here, but it occurs to me that some of those times are probably going to be moved. And, and that's very possible, but yeah. you know, so the, the, and even the one home night game that we do have is Thanksgiving night against the Ravens, which is right. great because nobody works the next day. And anyway. <laughs> I mean, with the exception of, you know, retail folks that have to go in and, and work black Friday, which absolutely sucks. But yeah. um, you know, it's uh, that's, that's a, that's a great home night game to have. And, and I enjoy night games too, but for, for season ticket holders, especially, I know we've talked about this before, yeah. uh, people that live out of town, it's much easier for them. You know, people, people that sit in front of us at, at Heinz Field are from Weirton, West Virginia. And that's a hour plus drive. They're older folks and they don't, they don't come right. for night games, you know, so they, they'll sell their tickets for yeah. all the night games. And then, uh, you know, you get a bunch of different people there. And if you get people that are either opposing fans or just sloppy drunk assholes, like it's, it's not as fun as the people that you know that you've been going to games with forever. So um, it's a it's a great schedule for, um, you know, potential uh, for season ticket holders if it stands. But even to Ben's point, like into your last point, Mark, uh, three of our last four games are on the road. So the the potential for moving games to create sort of better matchups later in the year, there's not that much to choose from. Um, right. You know, the, right. the second half of the schedule after the bye week, we have the Bengals at home at 1 p.m. and. I mean, they're probably going to suck. I have a hard time seeing that game getting moved. The Ravens is already Already Thanksgiving night. The Redskins are going to suck. So that's not getting moved. And then the only other one is the Colts, which could get moved. Um, But but still, and, and that's the Sunday after Christmas, December 27th. So, I mean, that's possible. But also at that point, the Steelers have 
three night games in four weeks at home against the Ravens. Then we're at the bills on Sunday night and then we're at the Bengals on Monday night. So, and especially since we already have a Bengals game in prime time, I doubt that first one will get moved. So, I mean, they could bump that Colts game, but that would put the Steelers in prime time four out of if five. Any, if also. anything, I expect that Bengals game in prime time to be moved back to a regular time because they're going to suck balls and that's late that's in the a, season. That's a Monday night game. It can't be. Oh, okay. Then you're right. That is. Um, a, yeah. Although they're, they're talking about flexing that too in the next contract, but I, the the. Games that I think are are targets to be moved, and not necessarily to like a night game, but also but just like a, an afternoon game. Yeah. The the national doubleheader are Houston, Philly. Houston's week three though. Yeah. Yeah. Can't move yeah. I don't know. No, they can't do that, can they? Yeah, not that early. They, they can't move it two hours, unless nope. they move it back to the end of the season. In which case, they can do whatever the hell they want. Right. That yeah. Ravens game is already a night game, but yep. the Ravens game. Oh, that's that's a way. Never mind. Yeah, see, um, I'm saying this is a great schedule for season ticket holders. Well, so if you like 1 p.m. games, I well, love 1 p.m. games. They're great. So, so Ben, you know, you right now are the voice of West Coast Steeler Nation. Yeah, because for you, that's not a 1 p.m. game. That's a 10 a.m. That's right. So what? what <laughs> I mean, is is that like uh, breakfast at Ben's? I mean, what you know? What does your day look like on Steelers? Game I love. 10 a.m. games they you are do. fantastic okay. yes and people that move here from the east coast and whine about it i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> um i get up in the morning i mean me personally i get up at the crack of dawn on sunday and i go to the gym and do my thing i have a little routine i do on sundays okay and then i go have breakfast with my friends about 7 7 30 and as soon as we finish eating we start drinking ah <laughs> <laughs> so so we drink for a good hour before we even go to the bar to hook up with the fan club and watch the game so right. you know yeah it's fun it's a fun day you know black and gold sundays are a blast here in portland uh, if you didn't already know that portland yeah. steeler fans you're missing uh, out um yeah i mean we you know there are generally speaking 150 to 200 people there mm-hmm. that yeah, it's We're all group. hanging out, screaming at the TV. You know, here we go, Steelers. <laughs> it's it's a little nuts, but it's a good time. And then you get done, right? And it's like one yeah. thirty. That's amazing so, to me. Well, it's one thirty. Game's over. I got a little buzz, but it is Sunday. I should be productive. So you usually go home and you do things for a couple or three hours, and then you you know wrap up your weekend and get ready for the next day. You know, but it's not like, I mean, but it's not like your whole Sunday is gone. What I hate, me personally, are the four o'clock games, the four twenty-five games. They're like right in the middle of the day because you don't do you don't do anything. You don't get anything done on Sunday. Nothing. Your whole day is gone. And and this is where I was going with perspective because if I were a season ticket holder, then I would love the one o'clock game. But as exactly. somebody who, who views the game, I on hate TV, the one o'clock game. I hate the one it. o'clock game because they can't they stand the one o'clock game. Yeah, I, 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 that pisses day. me off. Uh, I prefer the ten a.m. games, which are one p.m. for Ian. Yeah, or the night the games, which which Ian doesn't like. I, I love the night games. Like them. I, the I night enjoyed... games here are at five o'clock. It's like, <laughs> yeah, here we go. 
Game's over by eight thirty. That's a big deal. Whatever. So, but but Ian, what do I mean? Yeah. What is the the true draw of that one o'clock time slot? Is it is it because of the travel aspect? Uh, I, I mean, for it's, it's the travel. It's the weather. You get to you know. It's it's much better. You know, especially in December, going to a one o'clock game where you actually get a little bit of sunlight. Then you can yeah. kind of drive home at dusk. And it's a little bit warmer as opposed to, you know, going to a night game where if it's windy and snowing, plus the sun's not out, it's even colder. So, um, you know, I I don't mind night games and I've gone to I've gone to night games in December and January. I've been to, you know, a handful of the coldest games in in Steelers history. I was at the, you know, the Patriots uh, AFC championship game in 2004 when it was like nine degrees with like a negative 10 wind chill. And um, I was at the Dolphins playoff game. And I mean, I've been to cold games and it's it's fine. You deal with it. But like it's it's a much more pleasant environment um you know when the sun's shining and maybe a little snow's falling in the winter time but um you know just seeing football played outside on sunday afternoon like ben said you can structure a whole day around it and still have time to you know actually do stuff and um you know you drink a little bit before the game by the time the buzz wears off you know it might be eight nine o'clock at night and you're ready to watch sunday night football but then you're not like tired and hung over the next day yeah Yeah, it worked too (laughs) like you know night especially monday night games are really bad because not only do like um you know uh, all the out-of-town folks sell their tickets and then you get these first-time fans who have no clue like what they're doing in a stadium and a lot of them will you know either go right down to the stadium after work or take a half day and start drinking so they're blitzed out of their mind and it's just like it's it's Monday night games especially are not a fun atmosphere. Sunday night games are still fun, but yeah. um, it's it's not you know that that lead up time. There's a big I really difference need to between... go to a game with Ian at some point. I I need to sit next to him after I've been <laughs> all day. <laughs> I think that'd be really fun for him. Yeah, let's get a live video feed of that. Can we get that? <laughs> it, it would be fun. I, I mean, I, I hate to sound like an old curmudgeon here because I'm the youngest one of the group, but um, you know, there's 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 a level of enjoyment you like that. You're you're there to watch the game, right? You're not there to be pissed off at other people sitting around you who are acting like jagoffs like that that takes away from the enjoyment of the game well to me i don't don't, i'll never understand that why do people spend money to go to to an event like that and get so hammered that you act that way i mean don't you want to watch the game i I mean i don't i don't understand i mean if i'm going to the game i want to watch the game it doesn't mean i'm not going to have some some adult pops but i'm going to watch the game yeah, it's like it, it makes. I mean, I I had a couple of buddies who went to their first game ever last year. It was the the Bills Sunday night game, and they got puked yeah. on by a guy sitting behind him who was like blackout uh, drunk. And it's like, what, what's the point? Like, why would you drink so much that you know you would you like wouldn't even remember the game and then not be able to enjoy it because you're you know puking the whole time? It's horrible. Like, thankfully, I've never been puked on, but I've seen people puke in games, and it's like, why why would you get that drunk? Yeah, I don't get it. Everybody's got their own thing, but uh, so so I'll just put you guys on the spot here, uh, uh, Ben. If if Ben Roethlisberger's elbow is healthy and uh, the team goes into the season looking good, uh, what do you what kind of record do you see out of this schedule? How many games does Ben play? Because <sighs> did you watch film yeah. last year and see how bad the quarterback play was? Yeah. It was terrible. It was ter- Landry fucking Jones would have won 10 games with that team last year with that offense and that defense on the other side. Landry Jones would have won 10 games and he sucks. 
That's how bad the play was last year from behind center. Yeah. It, it was awful. So, again, let, let me pitch this question back to you. How many How many games has Ben play? He's only played 16 or a full slate, I think, what, four times in his career? So, so what, do you, what do you think? Well, to, to that effect, though, some of those years he was sat the last game because they That's already true. had the playoff clock clinch, right? That is true. He's played a uh, bunch of a bunch of years where he played fifteen. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna say he plays, assuming the elbow is fine, he's healthy. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say he plays twelve or thirteen games. I, I think he's at an age where he's gonna get a couple bumps and bruises where he's gonna have to sit. So I'll, I'll say twelve or thirteen. Mm. You know, um, which well, which obviously I can't sit here and pick which weeks those are gonna happen, right? Uh, and, and if he we plays know. twelve games, they're going to win like nine, right? Right. And that, if and that, yeah. you know, and, and maybe they'll they'll get lucky and win ten. They'll back one of their backups will win a game for him. Um, and I understand the need to find out if Mason Rudolph can play, if if he can rebound. I get it. I understand why they did not sign a veteran, but I have no faith in Mason Rudolph after last season right. because I don't. I don't think his issue really yeah, he lacks arm strength and his pocket mobility is suspect. His pocket movement is weird. He doesn't have any pocket presence. He doesn't seem to know when the rush is coming. Heavy but his legs. his biggest problem is he can't see the field. I don't think he can read NFL defenses. And if he can't do that, there is no way he's ever going to be a starter in this league ever. And so I have zero I have no faith in him or next to no faith in him, but I understand why they did what they did. They've, they've <laughs> got a fair amount invested in him and they, you know, they think he, they think that he has potential. So they have to find out if he can do it. So that, you know, it is what it is, but if he has to come in and be the guy, even his, his film against the jets, you know, where people thought he played really well when he came in, he or sucked. He yeah. sucked. He was awful. I'm sorry. He missed open receivers for easy first down conversions and took the check down. Mm -hmm. And that was the hallmark of his play all season in 2019. He was awful. He was terrible. And yeah, I I just don't have any faith in him. If Ben goes down, the season is over. Uh, We may as well start planning for the big draft pick the next year. And if Ben only plays 12 games, they win maybe nine. If If Ben plays... 14 games, they win 10 or 11. Uh, Ian, where are you with that? I think 10 is a good number. I, I, I feel like ten in that, you know, yeah, 10 or 11 is a good number. I feel like 10 is pretty solid. Um, you know, that gives you some wiggle room. And um, really with seven teams making the playoffs, there's no reason a 10-win team shouldn't make it. So um, no. 10, 10 wins would get us in. Nine wins might get us in. Heck, with how Eight they wins would get us in. That this is a dumb rule, but anyway, I digress. Um, Seven playoff teams. <laughs> Cowboys are going to make the playoffs again too, because they're going to be eight and eight, make the playoffs. Fuck them too, and their fans. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to talk about opposing fans, man? Bills fans are jagoffs. Let me tell you, I, I I actually have never met a Bills fan that was not pretty cool. I've I guess I've been lucky. People bitch about Bills fans, and I'm like, why? Yeah. All the all the Bills fans I've met on Twitter have been awesome people. 
Yeah, the Bills fans that I've interacted with in the stadium have been total jagoffs. Same with Lions really? fans. Lions fans on Twitter are super yeah, cool. Lions fans, Lions fans in the stadium, total jagoffs. All the Lions oh, yeah. fans I've ever interacted yeah. with in real in real life were douchebags. Well, but the Steelers you know, always beat them, so it's like yeah, you know, even the year that that they had Megatron and they were playing well, and I was like, yeah, okay, we're gonna lose, but we're gonna sit here, we're gonna we're gonna sit here, we're gonna take the whole thing, and then we won the game. They pouted. All the fucking Lions fans pouted about that game. I'm like, Jesus, you guys are bitches. Well, you gotta <laughs> understand these these folks. Uh, they, they, Michigan they have, assholes. It's not, <laughs> no, it's not even that. I mean, the, I, I I work with a lot of Lions and Bears fans, and and I, I'm telling you, man, the the Lions people. It, it is not a joke that if they start one and three, they already talk about the draft for the next year. They have, <laughs> they have nothing. I'm not kidding. It is, it is like you'll turn on local sports radio in, in, in late September, and they're already talking about the draft. It's just, it's, it's hilarious. And I mean, they are some of nice, the best. They, they're good people. They're just beat down, guys. They are beat down. Uh, yeah, that's, okay. that's a nice now, book. Now do Cleveland book. fans, Mark. Go ahead. Now do Cleveland <laughs> okay. fans. Okay, Cleveland fans. I want. <laughs> let me tell you a little story about Cleveland fans. I'm in a doctor's office with my son. He's probably about nine or ten at the time, and I got my Steelers gear on. I have it on every time I go anywhere. And and this lady is like playing with her child, you know, in front of me or something like that. And, and she looks up and she says, Steelers, huh? I said, yeah. And she goes, we're from Cleveland and picks her kid up and walks away. And I thought, are you kidding me? I, I was so stunned. I, I'm, I'm like, you think you're better than me? <laughs> you know, I wanted to do that whole bit, you know, like the Italian mafioso guy. Uh, you think you're better than me? I, I mean, she was dead serious. She's like, well, we're from Cleveland. It just gets up get and away. I, 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 I don't get it. When I lived I in Pittsburgh, I didn't understand why burgers loved seeing Cleveland lose so much. They fucking <laughs> love it. Yeah. I mean, they love it to their core. They're like, yeah. giddy. Cleveland's lost. Yeah. 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 Well, remember the way they okay. celebrated. Well, and, and the the flip side though is is all the Cleveland fans I've ever met are happier when the Steelers lose than when their own team wins. So, oh, that's true. There is some truth to that, which is pretty pathetic oh, when you really think about it. True. When you really think about it, it's pretty pathetic. I mean, the Steelers basically live in their heads like yes. constantly, <laughs> and probably have since like the mid nineties. Yeah. 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 For, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, that was how I knew that my wife was kind of something special. So oh. we'll, we'll, have, we'll have story time with Ian here. So it was uh, <laughs> fall of 2005, yeah. and I was going to school at the great institution of Allegheny College in Meadville, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour and a half to two hours north of Pittsburgh. So I could still right. you know drive home to go to the games, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we'd, we'd gone through some injuries, you know, had a great season in 2004. We're struggling a little bit. I, uh, I, I drive home and, and uh, I just had a date with this girl who wound up becoming my wife, but, um, you know, the day before and, uh, you know, it was a fraternity formal kind of thing. We had a good time anyways. Um, so I, I drive home the next day, go to this game, the, the Steelers and the Bengals get in this shootout. The Bengals win like 38, 31 or something like that. I think Chad Johnson had a big game. Um, 
and I, I get back to our fraternity house and this dude from Cleveland, um, you know, starts getting on me um, about, oh, the Steelers are screwed. They're in trouble. They're not going to make the playoffs. What are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he knew. They all knew I was a big Steelers fan. And I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Not not a big deal. We'll see what happens. And, you know, right. and I was kinda like, oh, hey, cause I, you know, I had a good date with this chick. So um, it was a, you know, I didn't really care about what the Steelers were doing. And lo and behold, they didn't lose another game that year. <laughs> on a winning streak. And snuck into the playoffs as a sixth seed and then knocked off Cincinnati and then went into Indianapolis and beat the invincible Peyton Manning and uh, went on to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, it was a, it was a great end to the story. And it was like, it was probably the first time in my life that I wasn't like devastated after a Steelers loss. Um, and, you know, and I thought about it later, I was like, huh, maybe this girl means something to me. Cause I'm not, that like, was the devastated. game that TJ Hushmanzada wiped his shoes off yes, with a terrible towel. Yes. Yeah, douchebag. Was. That yep. worked out real well for you, didn't it, TJ? Yeah, we'll Fucking wait. asshole. <laughs> Never liked that guy. Never liked him. Oh, uh, of course he was a Bengal. Didn't matter. Um, Bunghole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ben, did you have any stories? Uh, Ian and I have both made it story time today. So, Story time? About story? what? Bengals fans or? <laughs> any fans? Browns fans or? Okay, but I did want to say though, you know, Mark said that once the Lions start one and three, you know, people start looking to the draft. But that's a really nice kind of bookend to the the sports season up there. That the Lions start one and three, and then Michigan finishes one and three. So, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say when that's when true. you. Well, you, you know, you mentioned living in, in heads. I mean, there's no question that Ohio State is in the head of Michigan and has been for the last 15 years. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, that's it. I, I got nothing for that. <laughs> I got absolutely nothing. Um, uh, How much time we, do we have left? What's that? Oh, we, have, we have too, too much time. That's what we have. Uh, guys, before we wrap things up, and this has just been a hilarious show, I don't even know what to say about it. Um, any any holes on this roster that you think need to be filled or will be filled, um, Ian? You know, as we approach training camp at that depth. point, maybe I don't. You know, is it just depth or, or what? Punter Jordan Barry sucks. Okay, besides that, <laughs> um, because you know uh, Jordan Barry is going to be money in like September and early well, October. Yeah, it's easy to kick a ball when it's ninety degrees outside. And right. The ball- as far and yeah it's not easy when it's like a rock when it's 20 degrees in december exactly yeah so yeah um beyond that um you know it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with the the safety and inside linebacker depth um we talked about this before the draft and they drafted the kid from maryland um and you know there's some talk about them using him at inside linebacker as kind of that hybrid dimebacker type role which was something they absolutely needed Mm -hmm. um but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we have starters at both positions, but not a whole lot behind them. Right. Um, and I think as far as depth goes, we're pretty good everywhere else. We talked about this on our post-draft podcast that we really addressed all the positions where we needed depth in the draft. You know, before the draft, we said, hey, they don't need a starter anywhere. They just need depth 
everywhere mm-hmm. and they addressed all the positions of need. I think a lot of people probably felt like they addressed them in the wrong order and would have liked different people at those oh, positions. Sure. But, um, you know, they did address all the positions of need uh, where they needed depth during the draft. Um, so it'll kind of just be interesting to see how the how the rotations shake out, who wins that right tackle spot, what they do at left guard, mm-hmm. um, you know, what the wide receiver rotation looks like, what the running back rotation looks like. There's going to be a fun little running back battle in training camp, too. Um, so yeah, I think, we'll I think running back see how is solid. I agree with you. Yeah, Ben, go go ahead and finish us up tonight. What uh, I just uh, I think running back is solid. I I I know some people are concerned about the depth there and whether or not Connor can stay healthy. Somebody in that running back unit who should be in the NFL is going to get cut. Yeah, for sure. They they have five quality backs that should be NFL players. One of them's getting cut. Derek Watt's going to play a bigger role than than Rosie Nix did. Uh, tight end depth and. It's good. I mean, uh, you know, we're not fans of their number three tight end who sucks balls from Michigan. But, um, you know, uh, the the two guys in front are, are in pretty good shape. Gentry just, uh, you know, the Steelers like him. I don't know why. Uh, offensive line, they're in pretty good shape. Oop, I lost Ben there for a minute. Uh, moving on to the defensive line. I think they're in great shape, depth, and experience mm-hmm. level. They're they're in fantastic shape. Um, I don't expect the nose tackle they drafted to do a whole hell of a lot this year. Probably a practice squad guy for a year. Yeah. Uh, outside linebacker, I'm concerned about the experience level. I'll be frank. Yeah. Uh, they have they have yeah. plenty of I thought you were bent. bodies there. Jeez, oh, but they don't have um, they don't have much experience behind the starters. Inside yeah. linebacker. They need depth. They need they need more players. Uh, safety need more players. Ian already alluded to that. Corner, they're in great shape. Fantastic. Uh, specialists, uh, your punter. You know, they brought in a guy to challenge Barry. He's not going to beat him because Barry's money in August, but he mm-hmm. sucks in December. Yeah. Well, uh, he's uh, well liked by uh, Coach Smith. Yeah, uh, Boswell is. You know. He yeah. he was good last year. He he did a great job. And their long snapper seems to be money. Um, so you know, good shape there. And that pretty much encapsulates the whole thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think those are the spots and, and uh I definitely agree with Punter. It would be lovely to move on from from that, but uh right now we don't think that's gonna happen. Um you have been listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast, uh presented by Deck Roofing, serving Broward County and the southern Palm Beach counties. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. All right, for these two jokesters and uh, haters of all things Michigan, uh, this is Steel Dead, and we are getting out of here on the show for tonight, and we'll be back next week. Make sure you check out the site at steelcityblitz.com and on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and just about wherever else. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>